This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 150 of the Fight Disciples podcast. It's quite nice that we've got such a significant episode number to talk about such a significant night in the world of UFC. If you're not a UFC fan, may I urge you to just go back and watch everything from UFC 217. Normally when we do our UFC show, we'll slag certain stuff off. Don't bother with this. Don't bother with that. Go and watch this. Go and watch everything from prelims right through to the main event. It was unbelievable. If this is the first time that you've ever come to our podcast and you think to yourself, what are these lads all about? Do they do this weekly? Yes, we do. And we've got uh, a website which hosts everything there for you, from videos to blogs to podcasts on a week-to-week basis. Uh, You can get it at fightdisciples.com. We're on social media as well, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're uh, previously liked our Facebook page, by the way, we've set up a new Facebook page, mainly because I've been doing some illegal shit on it. Nothing like rude or else. Yeah. I've got to shut down. So we've got a new Facebook page. So please go there and like that Facebook page. There's a few competitions running there at this moment in time where you can win tickets for fights and events and various things like that. And as we build up towards uh, UFC London in March, uh, there'll be some stuff on there for you to win and be a part of that week uh, with us in London. So make sure you go to it, all right? At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Now, let's just take a breath. Because this is going to be octane. This is going to be adrenaline. There's going to be a lot of energy flowing through our system right now because I don't know what fucking day it is after I just watched what I watched at the weekend, my friends. I thought I knew my stuff. I thought I could sit there and maybe pick quite a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. This is why we love MMA. This is why it is the fastest growing sport in the world because anything can happen. Genuinely anything can happen. In the world of boxing, don't get me wrong, me and Nick are both massive fans in the world of boxing, but there seems to be too much of a focus on undefeated fighters, too much of a focus on protecting a zero. You don't get that in the octagon. You fight the best, fight the best. And when the best fight the best, shit, crazy stuff can happen. Shit could happen, (laughs) mate. Shit really could happen. I'm going straight to the top, mate. We're going straight to Bisping. We're going straight to GSP, right? Last week we chatted about... Well, hang on a minute. For a year, you've been going, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. It ain't happening because GSP's promised me this, he's promised me that, he's mm-hmm. this, that and the other. They made the octagon walks, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, no gi. Woo! Yeah, no. Obviously, Reebok have pulled rank. Yeah, they didn't exactly. want to make a Reebok gi for Good him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he walks in, there's GSP... And he walked in, and he's looking calm. He's looking a million dollars. To be good, fair, man. he's looked good all week, right? I thought in the build-up he looked cool he as looked fuck. Good, yeah, he's looked he was good. handling it well. Yeah, and I just thought to myself, fucking hell, this is going to be horrible. Because mm. last week we were going, Bisping fans, Bisping's going to do it. What mm-hmm. a great legacy this is. He's gone silver, he's gone too rock big, cold, he's gone Hendo. Sharp, he's too, gone, too confident. Oh, mate, can't wait for it, can't wait for it. And to be fair, he walked into the octagon, he looked cool as, yeah, cool yeah. as a cucumber, stopped to speak to his family and all that type of stuff. Brilliant. But then... When the fight starts, GSP promised us that it was GSP 2.0, didn't he? He promised us, listen, I'm better than ever. I've been aware. I've been working on stuff. And you just thought to yourself, wow, I missed you, George. (laughs) (laughs) He's fighting our mate, but we're sat there going... I really missed you, George. Yeah, and he yeah. just, for the first round especially, don't get me wrong, I thought Mike took the second round, especially yeah, yeah. the second half of me the too. second round. Me too. The first round I was like, shit, this guy, oh, mm-hmm. this is mixed martial arts. And I said a little prayer, I'll be honest with you, and the prayer that I said was, 
please don't get popped for drugs tomorrow, right? Yeah. <laughs> because you're just going to blow everything out that I'm thinking right at this moment in time. Like I do with John Jones, you think you're amazing, then you let me down. Yeah. Quite, I'm quietly confident, touching wood now, George oh, yeah. Easy. George Put gonna, your hands on the desk. George ain't going to let me down, man. No. He's clean cut. And yeah. boy, did he look good. At, especially in the first round, he looked amazing. He did look amazing. And um, it's just incredible to think that a guy that hasn't fought in four years could come back and put weight on like and that and perform like that oh, and look as good as he did. Obviously, the finish in the third round will come on too, but you know, he shot. Listen, I said last week I expect GSP to win the first round. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I expect Bisping to take over in the second round and I expect Bisping to just be too big and too strong. And after the first round, I thought, okay, yep, I, I, I could see that coming. Second round, Bispin comes on strong late on. Thought, right, okay, yeah, my predictions bang on here. I had it one apiece. Yeah, me too, yeah. Predictions bang on. You know, Bispin's getting into it now. He's realising that, you know, he's got that size advantage and stuff. Did you think okay, George was George slowing got, a little bit? Yeah, he looked like he was gassing a little bit. I thought, too well, much muscle George mass. has got the, the takedown ability and whatever else, so that gives him the edge. But Bispin was bouncing back to his Bisping feet and stuff. dealt with that so well, man. He did. He even looked comfortable when he was chucking in the elbows where, yeah. where he split him up. In that second round, he looked comfortable being on bottom position, and I thought crazy. to myself, "You fucking crazy bastard!" But fair play, man. He was happy down there. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't uh, struggling. But then in the, in the third round, when he got taken down, which led to the finish, that's when George started lending some heavy elbows, and his ground and pound game was on. And that's when Mike ultimately gave him his back to try and get out of that situation. Listen, you do that to someone like George Saint Pierre, who rolls with the likes game of over. John Danaher and the Gracies and everything else. It's fucking game over. But. I think it was a systematic performance from GSP. It's like, what have you been doing for four years? Well, what he's been doing for four years is improving and game planning like a beast. And that wasn't just George St. Pierre that left the sport four years ago. That was vintage George St. Pierre. That was George St. Pierre, the finisher. Mm -hmm. George St. Pierre, that's fucking going after it. And I think an element of that is the fact that he was scared of what Bisping had. Yeah. He was scared of the fact he was giving away size and weight advantage. He was scared of the fact he'd been out for four Mate, years. He said it. He didn't even know. He, he said, didn't even know. He said post-fight, didn't he? He said, listen, I don't want to do that again because he can hit. Yeah, yeah. He, he took some wax, did George, to be did, fair. Yeah, he yeah. took some massive elbows. He split his face up. He had to go to yeah. hospital after the fight. Yeah. And even though it only lasted, what, two and a half rounds. It was a top fight. It was so like, whoa, George is taking the first round. Second round, Mike's back in there. He was yeah. landing kicks. He was landing various bits and stuff. And you think George, he looked really good kickboxing-wise. But we did, a, we did a show Saturday night on national radio, and we spoke about this event in general. And Anthony Crowell, the boxer, was with us. And he said, listen, Freddie Roach is his, tr his boxing coach. Yeah. yeah? And Freddie Roach's go to punch is that left hook. The left Constant hook. left hook. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye out for the left hook from George St. Pierre. Called it, didn't he? Even if he doesn't finish with that left hook, it will be the setup and the start of a downfall. And we're like, oh, really? Do you reckon? Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Because it is true. He doesn't yeah. have a left hook. There's Freddie. Wow, man. He fainted with the right. And left bang hook, with the right left. Right on the chin. Bisping down. And that, that was what led to the finish. And what I did like. The left hook was impressive, and you know I, I loved the striking, right? Mm -hmm. But what I loved, and maybe if you're just a casual fan of the UFC, you might not necessarily have seen this. What George, George obviously pounces on him, mm -hmm. and he's raining in the elbows and all that type of stuff. Now, he can fully understand that Mike's Mike's taking that power. Mm -hmm. he's, he's corpus mentis, he's still there, and we've seen what Mike's done previously. His, his powers of recovery are ridiculous, yep. especially against Henderson. Henderson hit him with two massive bombs, no, he is. and he got up brilliantly. That's like a video game character. Yeah, he's he? ridiculous, and he, and he gets stronger as the fight goes on. Yep. So he knew at that point, the George St. Pierre, I've got to, I've got to do it now. 
Now, he's reined in. Mm-hmm. He's hitting him clean. He's hitting him with the elbows. Mike's going nowhere. He can tell. Because you, you're close. You're, close. You're, you're really close with the guy. You know where he's at in yeah. the fight. But what he did, a technical piece of brilliance is what he did. He took a half step back. He came off him and took a half step back, which kind of made Mike feel... I can roll over him. I can roll and get up. Yeah. And George knew the only way that he's getting up here is to put both hands on the mat and shove himself up. Now, the second, if you watch it back, the second he makes that body twitch to put hands on the deck to push himself up, George's on his back. Done. Mm -hmm. Gone. The chalk is in. Yeah. Deep as fuck. Deep as fuck, man. That is like python squeeze type shit. End of. If George had a, a tattoo on his forearm, it would now be embedded into Mike Mike's throat. Wow! Because he he think he sunk it in. So as soon as as soon as his hand went under his chin and he rolled back, and you could see literally his forearm had disappeared under Mike's chin. You knew it was gone. You knew it was all over. But you're right. The setup was perfect because earlier on the fight in the first round, we were saying Mike was on his back. He, he got taken down, and but he was quite happy down there because yeah. he had GSP in his guard, and he and he's got a good guard game, Mike. Very you good, know, yeah. he, he was he was arching his back. He was keeping GSP kind of his body away so he couldn't really unload big shots. He was tying up his arms. But in that third round, it was like George dominated top control. He dominated that position so much more. He was looking to advance position from there. I think that's what Mike was aware of. And he gave him that out to you, right? He gave him that opportunity before he pounced on it. And, you know, for me, that was probably one of my favourite GSP performances. And you look back over his career... To say that is bonkers. If you'd have said to me going in, this is going to be one of your, your the best performances by GSP, I thought you were fucking mental. Mm. I expected ring rust. I expected him to to you know to start brightly, but to fade dramatically. And he did look like he was fading. But then again, was that all part of the game plan mm. to make it look like he was fading to lull Mike in to commit more because Mike was winning the second round. He, does he land that? Left hook in the first round and Mike's still quite f- freshen on his toes. Probably not. But by the third round and Mike's thinking, okay, I'm, I'm in this fight now. I've won a round. This is when I take over. That's when George sucks him in. That left hook was absolutely perfect right on the button. But you're right, the finish, that's vintage GSP, man. It's amazing to think that he's, he's back. He's fucking back in a big way. But what does he do now? Mm. Does he defend the middleweight belt? Dana White seems to think no. he was definitely going to fight Bobby Knuckles. No. No. I can't see that. I feel sorry for Bobby Knuckles, right? Because he was like a kid in a sweet shop. He was, yeah. He was, he was. He was ringside clapping away going, fuck, I'm going to get GSP. This is amazing. I'm going to do it in Perth next year. He lo- this is awesome. He looked like the fat kid from uh, Willy Wonka when he finds his golden ticket inside the chocolate Augustus bar or Galoop whatever. Yeah, he did. Biggin. He was like, woo, yeah, I fucking got the golden ticket. Bob, you haven't, son. Bobby, you haven't. We love you, yeah? We absolutely I'd make it. I would love to see it for Bobby's sake. I yeah. would love to see it. Ain't it. They're talking about Perth in February or March, whenever it is. It's not happening. It'd be amazing, but it's never going to happen. happening. It's never going to happen. I'll tell you what's happening. I'll tell you what's happening. What you retweeted the other day is happening from your mate Scroobius Pip. Pip. Scroobius Pip has absolutely nailed what is going down. Because yeah. let's be honest, money talks. Go on, son. Tell them, tell them what Scroobius thinks. Yeah. Scroobius Pip messaged out there, and I couldn't, I couldn't retweet it quick enough because he hit it right on the money. But this is all about money. The fight that will be made will be a fight, non-title fight, at welterweight against Conor McGregor, St. Patrick's Day in New York. That will be stratospheric. And, that you know, we're in a situation with Conor McGregor where the UFC can't match him to make anywhere near the kind of money he can make in boxing. Mm. So they need something. They need a, a, a fight that will draw in huge numbers, huge figures. Do you know what the only problem is? And George St. Pierre does that. Do you know what the only problem is? is that they've just announced UFC London on St. Patrick's night. Right. But, True. But 
Well, it ain't going to London. No, it ain't. No, 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 no. Right now, no. it ain't going to. London. It's New York. It's New York City, or mm. or it's Las Vegas again. Boston, right? maybe. Of course, it's something like, or maybe even Canada. Well, Boston's practically Canada, isn't it? Well, one of one, yeah, one, yeah, one yeah. of right. Yeah. It will, I think that I think he's nailed it. I yeah. think that is exactly what's going to happen. I think because that's the way you generate would, tens of millions of dollars. Look at the guys in Connor's division. Why does he want to fight any of them? They're all killers, and they're not big yep. enough names to make him the door. Yep. GSP looks around and he goes, do I really want Tyrone Woodley? Were you one punch away from being knocked out? Not really. Nope. Do I want to stay around with these absolute killers in the middleweight division? Definitely no, not. No, I do not. Where's it, it all at? Ah, oh, Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's technically a lightweight coming up. But he's fought at welterweight previously. I could make lightweight, as I've told all my career. I've just yep. fought at middleweight. I yep. could get down to welterweight. Well, I'm the best welterweight of all time. Why wouldn't I do it? I've seen a photograph of the two of them together as well, and uh, George is probably an inch, maybe two inches taller. But listen, that's not what Connor's all about. Connor doesn't give a fuck about the size of a guy. GSP doesn't. He's proved that at the weekend. Size doesn't matter. This is about martial arts. Conor McGregor, GSP. How, mate, that's it. That That's the big fight. That's how you get Connor. The tens of millions he needs now to fight in the UFC. That's how you do it. You make that fight. I feel fight. sick. I feel sick. <laughs> Fucking awesome. And regarding Mike, um, he said the one thing that I, I stuck this on our social media yesterday, yeah, right? Everyone was loving it, weren't they? Mate, Even Eddie Hearn retweeted it yeah, and everything. And you know, UFC, for Eddie to retweet something about UFC is weird, but mm. it was class, class his, interview. His, his post fight, just the way he handled himself, don't get me wrong, we, we're in a privy position where we've been in Mike's company away from selling a fight. So yeah. a lot of people worldwide think he's a dick, right? Yeah. And that's I can understand that because he does that. He plays the pantomime villain when he's selling a fight. And yeah, he kind of alluded to this in this interview. But what you saw there is a guy that respects the game, respects his opponent, respects the fans, respects everything about this game that has yeah. provided such an awesome life for him. But as a grasp on reality of what is real in his life, his family, his kids, all that type of stuff. And his interview is raw, it's humble, and you just can't help but love the fella no. off the back of it. An amazing career. I'm glad that he said, the last thing that you're not going to see me in the octagon is getting chopped out by John Sa- George St. Pierre. I will be back. It probably will only be one more time, yeah. if I'm honest. And I hope it's London. I really hope it's London. March 17th, it's made for him. Just come it and is. top the bill. Fight fight some Just nobody. Song 2. Just imagine it now. Oh, in the O2 Arena mate. and Song 2 comes out as walkout music one last time. Yeah. Be fucking amazing. There you go. There amazing. You. Let's do it. Let's get it on. Mike goes out on his shield. Claret everywhere. Yep. Stick the gloves in the middle of the octagon. Walk away. And then obviously go and live your life becoming a movie star and an yep. analyst on these television programs. Because that's what we all want. And hopefully we get that in March. I think so. I think that's a perfect scenario. You know, I, I thought at the weekend, win, lose, or draw, he might have jacked it in. But I think after a, a, a submission lost the way that, he won't want to go out like that. I think one la- he mentioned it, didn't he? I'd love one more fight in the UK just to kind of sign off. He's never lost in the UK. Uh, I think that would be per- absolutely perfect for him. But uh, he did. He took it like an absolute champ. In fact, to be honest, you know, this was, history was made at the weekend. All three world title belts changed hands. But all three champions who lost the belt, I thought, were all quite vocal and quite antagonistic going into fight week where the, cha- the three challengers were the opposite of that. Yeah. They were kind of distancing themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the three brash-talking, loud-mouthed champions 
that were doing all manner of things during fight week that came up short on the night and it was the three kind of reserved challenges that emerged with the belts and stuff but, but post fight all three all three took it that's what, that was class. the point I was trying to make all three of them took it amazingly well you know and you know Dillashaw Garbrandt there's tons of needle there yet Garbrandt took it like a man uh, and Joanna oh, well we're going to come on to no, you no let's do Joanna now there's a tear in your eye I can Mate, see it from I feel here. sick right because you I must want, have been devastated listen I want to go down to come back up because I'm delighted for TJ Dillashaw so we're going to go to Joanna now right yeah, yeah. against Rose Namakunis. we could have sat here for a week all mm-hmm. last week right what scenarios are going to play out in this fight what scenarios are going to play out and we'd have sat down and gone through all the scenarios right and yeah. if anybody would have told me Rose Namakunis is going to knock out yeah Joanna Jidrajek, in I the know. first round, I know. first round, I'd have told you to... He's like, what are you smoking? What are you, what are are you, you smoking? absolute dick? Exactly. What do you know about UFC? Exactly. Unbelievable, mate. Yeah. When it happened, I, I genuinely did nearly shed a tear. I went, what? If it had happened later on in the fight, I thought, fair play, what an absolute ding-dong we've all enjoyed. Uh-huh. Johanna never even got in it. She was nope. just like... Little bit on her toes, as she normally is, that springy steps. Mm-hmm. And, and she was up for it. She was vexed oh, the fuck, mate. as she usually is. She was, there's, you know, she wasn't like her mind was off the job or she took no, Rose she's lightly. Pumped, man. She's she was game for that. She yeah. was ready for that fight. But Rose schooled the fuck out of her on the feet. Crazy. And that was the mental part. It was just like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. And when you just look them, they look like weight divisions apart as well. Mm. You know, Joanna's big, she's strong, she's muscular. Rose just looks like the fucking little girl from next door. You know, she goes with the, the nickname Eleven, i.e. the kid from fucking Stranger Things. And she's built like that. She's just a little skinny lady, you know. But, oh my, the, the manner she put on her. That, again, that left hook she landed. Fuck me. All right. Where did that come from? All right, let's not go OTT. <laughs> <laughs> you must have screamed the house yeah. down in your place as well. I was up, I watched it live. And obviously, the, the undercard, even the undercard was amazing. And then the main, usually when you when I stay up through the night, you know, I start at the end, towards the end of the prelims, start the main card, my eyes are getting heavy, I'm struggling. wasn't like that the weekend. In fact, it was that good the weekend. Usually I'm like phone in hand, checking Twitter, doing this, watching it, tweeting between rounds yeah, and whatever. And I was just, I was just engrossed by it. I was just engrossed by what I was watching unfold before me. And it was only after the Bisping fight. I text Dan Hardy because I knew Dan would definitely be up, obviously watching it. Text Dan and was like, "Are you? F- what the fuck is going on?" And he was he come back straight away and he was like, "Isn't this amazing?" And I was like, "Dan, how fucked up?" Because usually the kids get up at six at my house, so I know there's like a basically got, got dad's two hours. dad's on the couch lying there with a blanket on. They come downstairs going, "Oh, they must be thinking fucking dad's in the doghouse on a Saturday night again." I choose to be there, kids. Don't worry, that's fine. <laughs> but they come down and then I go, "Okay." BT Sport off, like I'm just watching the catch up show, whatever. Now, there you go, there's your tweenies or your telly tubbies, whatever. Dad's gonna go to bed for an hour. But I looked at the clock and I'm like, because of all the finishes, I looked at the clock, I was like, fuck, it's only half four. So I text Dan Hardy and was like, I'm gonna rewind it. And what? So I rewound it and watched it. And watched the main card, the entire main card again before the kids come down. Obviously, I was fast forwarding it just to the fights, but I was like, I've got to see it again. I've got to digest that again. Did that fucking really just happen? The three champions just lose the belt. Did Rose Namajunas just catch Joanna with a left hook and then fucking steamer? Whoa, 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 whoa! Did Joanna Jadrzejczyk who walk into the octagon? The commentary team were going. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest female mixed martial artist we've ever seen. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen. Did, did she just tap to strikes in first round? 
Did she just tap I didn't see two it. strikes? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see that, no. She <laughs> fucking did, <laughs> yeah, mate. She did. And, you know, in the aftermath, people on... Then I was on social media, and I'm like, fuck. And I couldn't believe it. On Sunday night, I'm seeing people go, yeah, you know, she just caught it, didn't she? So, Joanna's got to have immediate rematch. No. And I was like, no, no, whoa, whoa, That's whoa, 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 whoa. That's not how this works. You, you don't you, tap to strikes and get an immediate rematch. No. If and she'd have cold, completely, if she'd been losing the fight... Walked into a punch, got dropped because of the way she's been dominating the sport. There's an argument. I'll give you, there's an argument. But when you get dealt with, finished, you're tapped to strikes, you don't get an immediate rematch because of what you've done before. Mm. You know, know what? Go and fucking ask Luke Rockhold if she should have an immediate rematch. Mm. See what he says? Because mm. he got caught by Bispin in the first round and got finished. Bispin came in at two weeks' notice. Rose Namajunas, him and Johan have had a full camp for this. She knew what she was facing. No immediate rematch. Not a chance. All right. Rose should be All champion right. now. Okay. We get the points. <laughs> I agree. She has to go to the back, back of the queue or she moves up. That's what happens next because yeah. I, I think Rose Namajunas deserves their time Mate, in the sun man absolutely going down out on it because I did not expect to see what I saw at the weekend Johanna's been mowing through everybody I did not ever in my wildest dreams anticipate Johanna Jadragic to tap to strikes <sighs> however post fight interview listening to her talk the way that she poo pooed these comparisons with Ronda Rousey and all this type of stuff yeah. it just made me love her even more because yeah, I know she took that- it like a man I know that. Champ. The- Sorry, <laughs> took it, like, took a it like a man. <laughs> took it like a champ. Terrible thing to say. Yeah. Took it like a champ, and then yeah. She is the road back is gonna. I think it's gonna be even more enjoyable for me now. Yeah, because it will be tough if she stays at one fifteen, and she's alluding to the fact that she will do because she now she believes. Wants to prove a point now. Yeah, she's got unfinished business there. You're talking maybe two or three fights before she can get herself back into that mix. Mm-hmm. So she does that. Because Rosanam Hunis is going to say, why should I fight her again? There's no point. Because she knows how dangerous she is. Let's be straight. Of course. So two fights. So that's a whole year now on hold yeah. while she's waiting to get back into that mix before she th- can then go up to one, 125 two, five. and have a little so bit one, of a So 125 comes in shortly, doesn't it, with the tough finale. That's going to be the first ever crown of the women's flyweight champion. Have you what? seen who's got the world title shot? Well, she's come out, hasn't she, Paige, and said, I've been yeah. told I'm fighting the winner. Yeah, yeah. So, so the winner so we, is of the, the, the first champion, legit. That will be the champ. And then they will fight Paige Van Zandt. And then Paige has said she's going to get the first shot. And I get why they're doing it, because Paige is kind of like the poster, poster girl. girl yeah. That's what they want. But obviously, Joanna's thoughts were, defend against Rose, probably one more defence start of the year, and then I'm going to fight whoever's got the flyweight belt and do what Conor McGregor's going to become a two-weight world champion. And nobody would have argued against that. That was, that was her destination. That's what she wanted to do. That's what, that's what her plan was. But all them plans have gone out the window now. And it couldn't have happened to a nicer kid because, listen, 11, Rose Nabajunas, whatever you want to call her, she was outstanding. Thug Rose as, uh, as, as DC. Uh, that, DC. Thug Rose! Thug Rose! That, that piece that of commentary, commentary was that mental, piece of commentary is unbelievable, right? You've got one, you've got Anik talking about one particular thing. You've got uh, Joe, uh, Rogan going on another thing. They're all talking at the same time, saying different <laughs> things. And all you could hear in the background was DC going, Thug Rose! Thug Rose! Thug Rose! I'm thinking, what the fuck is going on? To be fair... I together, yeah, together as a as a chorus, it summed up everything that was going on in my head. Yeah. <laughs> that was basically all the thoughts that were happening at the Me exact too. same time. Me too, yeah. I'm trying to break down what I've just seen. I'm trying to digest what this means for the entire just, division. This alarm was going And I just kind of want to be like, yeah, Rose Namajunas wow. has done it. Wow. I've got, no, listen, you're obviously, you're a massive fan. I'm nothing against of, Rose. Of Brilliant. Nothing against Brilliant. Joanna, nothing against Rose, but... I, 
it's just nice that someone's took this women's strawweight division, which kind of was taking the shape of the men's flyweight division, yeah. where it was like that guy and then everybody else. It was kind of looking like that. And someone's just picked up every strawweight in the world, the MMA gods, and they just fucking threw it up in the sky like confetti. Because, I, you know, I can't see Rose Namajunas going on any kind of mad no. run of, of title defences. But now, like, Claudia Gehella and uh, Jessica Andrade, Carolina. They're all going, give me a shot, I'm yeah, ready to yeah. go. Christ, yeah. They're all ready to rock and roll, man. Of course. It, again, it just throws them all back into the mix. You're going to get a hot potato belt situation now, I reckon. Hope so. For maybe six, seven months before Johanna's back. And then, yeah. then she'll vacate and then it stays, it keeps it again. It keeps it all interesting because there's some great fighters there. Really yeah, it good is. Fighters. It, it is, you know, and it, it was just, uh, it was great to see that one change. And then that was, after the great card anyway, when they get the first title fight and it ends like that, you're bouncing. And then we steamroll straight into the bantamweight <laughs> title fight. Which there was so much animosity going in. We we said before, and this was the best fight on the card. Yeah, oh, you know what? In, in hindsight, was it? I don't know because there was that many good fights yeah, it was. on this card. Yeah, it was. But it was brilliant it because was it lived brilliant. up to the expectation that we previously yes. had for it. Everything else, we were thinking, well, Bisping should dominate the latter rounds of GSP. Didn't it, it, it surprised us? Johanna getting knocked out. You think to yourself, "Fucking hell, where did that come from?" That yeah. surprised us. But we had bubbles, didn't we? We were we were going crazy for this particular fight. Please yeah. live up. Please live up. And boy, did it live up. I'm going to be honest with you, man. TJ, at the end of the first round, he was gone. If that lasted for another yep. 30 seconds, yeah, he's in Cody Garbrandt is still the champion. Yeah. See him walking back to his corner on pissed He legs, was all over. Wobbling everywhere. All over the place. Jesus. Man, listen, Cody, I know you listen, and I know that you like our stuff on social media, as does TJ. TJ, yeah. like, sent us a little Massive message. fans of both. Yeah, Massive yeah, fans absolutely. of both these guys. But Cody... If you're not going to touch gloves and if you're going to flick some on the bird, you better knock that fucker out, man. Yeah, exactly. You better finish yeah. that shit. Well, listen, the, the, the thing for me was releasing sparring footage the day before the fight. Cheek. I'm like, mate, that, that's low. Like, you know, that's low. No but matter it, what's going on. I know TJ had gone, that's bullshit. He never knocked me out. So Cody felt like he had to prove. No, he wasn't. It was a mind game thing. It was pure, I'm getting under this kid's skin because I want yeah. him to throw his game plan out the window tomorrow. Bit of a dog's trick, that, though. You don't release footage Come especially on. old footage mate, like that mate, it means been, nothing we've been saying for two or three weeks Cody Garbrandt's mentality right yeah. it doesn't look like he's got a lot of brain up there I'll be honest no. with you he's a great fighter great Brilliant. fight IQ but when it comes to being sensible and being able to uh, vo use his vocabulary it ain't all there my boy no. so I know full well that he'd have thought to himself hanging with the boys and <laughs> ping that message out and everybody would have been buzzing for yeah. him and he did everyone went mad for oh, it it was it crazy it was retweeted by everybody but careful what you sow you know what I mean and that's what I found like it's like GSP, Dillashaw, and Rose Namajunas all behaved impeccably in the build-up. You know whether it takes two to tango. You need, of course you, need it does. you need someone being the, being you the need voice. A in the you need, of course, of course you, you, need. you need the baddie to talk up the fight to get you interested. But on this occasion, the three guys who kind of took the baddie role all got found out. And I, I think I ain't knocking Dillashaw for it. I think Dillashaw. It's great to see him with the belt again. I think he kind of feels a bit vindicated after what's gone on with that camp. In, in hindsight, coming out of it, Cody Garbrandt as well. Obviously, you know, there's been a lot talked about between Team Alpha Male and Bang Ludwig's camp, and, and Dillashaw's obviously now set up his own camp, which Bang's kind of a, a part of, so he's not going there. Kind of weird, but then it kind of came out fight week as well that they were saying, well, who's going to be head coach, Team Alpha Male? Because Justin Bush also done an interview saying, I'm not long, no longer head coach. And then I seen Chris Holdsworth, uh, that's a defender, I go, no, no, he, he's still part of the camp. I'm like, what the fuck is going on at Team Alpha Male when the head coach is saying, I'm no longer the head coach? Mm. Yet he goes in corners, Cody Garbrandt at the weekend for that fight. So all is not well at Team Alpha Male, so I'm kind of keeping an eye on that. In, in some ways, I'm kind of happy 
Garbrandt lost because Team Alpha Well, they can be can be dicks, can't they? Let's be honest with you. Of all the fight teams, they're all a bit. That's the one I'd be like, I couldn't train there. I couldn't go to Team Alpha Male and train. It's mm. not my style. Too many little pretty boys, do you know what I mean? There's too many fucking politics going on in that in, in house in that gym for mm. me. Um it all seems a bit weird, incestual, kind of weird. So for that reason I'm glad it changed hand. But listen, if it wasn't for the fact that and I'll come on to it. Okay, let's pretend Let's pretend the, the elephant in the room doesn't exist. Okay, I would be sitting here now going, Dillashaw Garbrandt 2. Like, I know we just talked about Ro- Rose Namajunas and Jadrizek, but fuck me, Dillashaw Garbrandt, they're like the Gatti Ward of this weight division. You know what I mean? They, they should just fight and fight each other th- twice a year for, forever. And I'd love to see it because they're fucking so evenly matched. Yeah. They'll always have rock and sock and fights like that. They'll always be a narrative because they hate each other. They'll always be a storyline. It would be amazing. I would love to see them do it it's again. It's Eubank stuff, innit? Of course it is. That's what you want. And that's what this division needs. That's what they need to build their legacies, to make great money. It's amazing. It's amazing that they've got each other to bounce off and to fucking grow this sport and certainly the bantamweight division. However, there is an elephant in the room, as small as he is, and his name's Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson. Mate, I love TJ calling him out. TJ against Mighty Mouse has got to happen, and TJ is right. Mighty Mouse shit out. This is a guy that prior to GSP, you know, because the sport, you know, people in the sport now have, have changed their minds again, like they do fucking every other week, flip flopped again. I've been maintaining for long that Demetrius Johnson is not the best fighter. Certainly not the best fighter of all time, which some people were talking shite about the other week. Proved at the weekend that GSP has achieved far more in his career than Mighty Mouse can even dream of. So let's just stop saying the Mighty Mouse is the GOAT, because he never has been, never will be, unless he steps up and fights TJ Dillashaw, he mans up. And that was one of the first things I messaged at the weekend. I was like, okay, time for the flyweight champ to man the fuck up Fight TJ and prove how good he actually is. And that's why, you're right, TJ calling out Mighty Mouse was ace. And could be the first time ever that someone steps down in weight exactly. to become a two-weight world champion. Going down. Going down in weight, baby. It's crazy. I want it. I want that. Me and, too. But I agree with everything that you said regarding the Cody Gorbrandt and uh, TJ Dillashaw. I want that. I want, to- yeah, I I want, want all that as well. That. Absolutely. Of course I want all that. Fuck yeah. I love the fact that whoever was in uh, TJ's team jumped on the mat. So it might have been TJ's brother or something, jumped on the mat and gave Cody yeah, shit at the end of it. The and fence. then Cody lost it and he's climbing over the fence. I'm thinking these guys absolutely detest each other. However, what I will say is that fighter to fighter, man to man, yeah. Cody dealt with that extremely well because Very he well. got put to kit, man. Yeah. The shot that landed, oh, absolutely. absolutely. First of all, the, the head kick that set all that up. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It didn't stun him, stun him, but there was enough frazzle there just to get him yeah. disorientated within the octagon. Yeah. And the way that then TJ went about his business in in walking him down and landing that shot was absolutely tremendous. However, what I will say is, because of the wild nature of that finish, it could have gone the other way. They were yeah, both I whacking. I know. They were both having a throw, weren't they? And yeah. it, it, all it needed was Cody to land and TJ could have gone over. Yeah, exactly. That was the That's the amazing thing about this matchup. That's why it's got so much longevity in it. There's at least three fights. You want to see the rematch because you want to see Garbrandt win and set up the rubber match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That that This is the trilogy kind of both their careers could be hinged on. They, they, at the end of the day, as much as they hate each other now... There's in, a lot of money there, man. In 10 or 15 years' time, like Ali Frazier and shit like that, these two will be fucking best mates, doing tours around the country, doing dinner shows, talking about how amazing their careers were and the fact that they had each other to bounce off and blah, blah. I'm telling you now, they'll both be best mates in 10 years' time. But between now and 10 years, we're going to have some fun with them. Absolutely. Fingers crossed uh, we get more of that 
uh, going forward. Just quick one on the prelims and the undercard because we've only talked about the three world championship fights there. Yeah. There's so much to oh, talk about on this particular card. Brilliant. Wonder Boy and Mass Vidal. Um, I'd say something. Boroshinia. Fuck me. <laughs> that kid can bang. Well, we warned you last week to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I feel for Hendrix. That's it, man. Yeah. That is it. So, call it a day, mate. Call yes. it a day now. Well, I said last week, didn't I, if Johnny Hendrix doesn't make weight, he'll get knocked out in the first round. If he does make weight, he'll get knocked out in the second round. He made weight. He got knocked out in the second round. There you go. That was the, that, Listen, that was as far as my predictions went by. Obviously, I, I said I said Wonderboy had win on points as well, I think. But the... Uh, no one can predict the fucking title fights. But so I was quite happy with that. But Hendrix, you know, after another loss like that, Bellator bound, do you mm, think? Yeah, probably. There's nowhere else in the legends really in this sport. Paulo Costa, as they are uh, now using the name. Yeah, apparently because people like us couldn't pronounce Borachina pro- properly or Borachina. Or we need Darren Tillin here to help us with these yeah, yeah. Brazilian pronunciations. But that's why they changed it to Paulo Costa, because every British person knows the word Costa. That's it, because we've so. been there a few times. Um <laughs> But nobody wants that. Nobody wants that work, mate. Look at him. Look at the guy. Massive. How has he not failed a test? He's absolutely huge. Yeah, he is like the Brazilian Hulk. It's only a middleweight. It's only a middleweight. Shit. Jesus Christ. If anyone in the middleweight division be like, I do not need a piece of him, son. Do not need a piece of him. Nah, he was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And not only that, that, that's just the main card. We've got the prelims. You've got Vic, who was absolutely brilliant. You've got um, even the pre-prelims. You've got OSP's knockout, which was absolutely amazing. I put that on all social media. Go and have a look. OSP was getting banged up, and then all of a sudden he just lands this kick, and it was like, night-night. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It just needed needed Snoop Dogg to commentate on that particular (laughs) fight. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely outrageous. The Vic, whole thing was brilliant. It was every fight on the card. It started with that Ricardo Ramos. He was under pressure against the ropes, misses with a spin and elbow. The guy rushes in, throws another one, lands clean on the chin, knocks him out cold. There's your fight of the night bonus right there. First fight on the card. Sorry, lads, that, you're not getting any money because we've got all this shit. Yeah, to exactly. <laughs> yeah, they missed. I think they had one, I think they got 25 grand, but they didn't they missed out on a bonus, even though that spin and elbow was sick. And then you had that uh, oh, Curtis kick. Blades oh, yeah, yeah. against the uh, Olien Chuck or whatever the fucking guy's name is. That is worth going down in history because that was the first time uh, TV technology was used in a fight to dictate the finish because Blades looked like he kicked him when he was on the floor. The referee was going to DQ him. They watched the video. They said, no, no, you didn't kick him when he was on the floor. The other guy's losing by, you win by TKO. So a little bit of history there. Then we steamed into OSP's high kick. Then Mark Godbeer versus Walt Harris. We had the illegal knee disqualification. Oh, the illegal kick. The referee yeah, yeah. said stop and yeah, yeah. Walt Harris kicked him in the face. Um, so that was the, the squad. It fucking had everything. Mate. This card Do you know what had I thought? everything. On Sunday Only morning. two decisions on the entire card. What I thought on Sunday was that would have been someone's first experience of USC. I know, yeah. Somebody somewhere thought, I'll watch UFC tonight. For the Hopefully first someone time listened ever. to our show because we were saying this is going to be a belter. If you've never seen it, watch it for the first time. Try it. And then they tuned in and now it's like, listen, if you are that person, just send us a tweet because yeah, we'd yeah. like to tweet you back to say, it's not always like that. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. But we wish it were. You're welcome. That was absolutely unbelievable. A guy a guy I know from Liverpool watched it for the first time. He was, we, he'd was been talking to me about GSP for weeks and um, he's literally brand new to the sport, but he's become obsessed with GSP because he's looked at his history and everything. 
and he watched that live for the first time. Wow. And he was one of the first person people that messaged me at like five o'clock in the morning going, that was fucking amazing. And I spoke to him on Sunday night and he was like that to me. When's the next one? When can I go? When is it coming to the UK? I've got to go to the UFC. The I fucking love the it. The amount of people that have messaged us off the back of the announcement of UFC London thinking, it's Till on. Is, T- is Darren Till going to be on that? Is Darren yeah. Till going to be on Well, we anticipate that he will be. It'd be stupid if the UFC don't put Darren Till on that particular card. And obviously, stupid if they don't put Michael Bisping now on that card. Yeah. Because there's a perfect narrative there for Bisping to go out on a little bit of his shield. But listen, man, keep listening to us. Keep yeah, subscribing we'll to keep us. Keep ahead, like, we'll keep you ahead. We'll keep you up to date. And we'll hopefully uh, get something sorted with the UFC so we can get you there with us. Uh, fightdisciples.com is where you can subscribe to our podcast. And at Fight Disciples is our social media, Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. As I've just mentioned there, the big news is that London, March 17th, we're gutted that it's not Liverpool, if we're honest, aren't we? We, we thought there might be an opportunity for Darren Till with his performances recently against Cowboy Cerrone yeah. to warrant a place where the UFC comes to Liverpool, but they're going to the O2. Tried and tested. They know that it's going to sell out We in seconds. Yeah. Um, and they've got a... F- well, let's be, let's be honest, mate. We've got enough names now to bloody fill it up, haven't we? Danny Roberts will be having a little bit of a nosy. Till yeah. will be... And now Bispin. Yeah. Jesus Christ, fill it up. Well, I did a little tinkle about Danny Roberts, and I think he's going to be out before the end of the year. Um, I'm hearing he's been added to the December card, which is... Uh, the one in California, uh, sorry, the one in Canada, Robbie Lawler versus Rafael de Janos. Wow. Because he's, uh, I, I, I'd heard from Danny and Danny was telling me that he's sparring Robbie Lawler at the moment. He's helping Robbie Lawler prepare for de Janos. Uh, and he'd been told that there's a potential fight out for himself out in Canada. So it hasn't been announced or anything yet. But, um, you know, again, the potential there hasn't been confirmed. But don't be surprised if we find out this week that Danny Roberts has been added to that uh, UFC fight night Winnipeg, is it? Fight Night Winnipeg on December the 16th. That's outstanding. Yeah, it's the one with um, Mike Perry's on it as well. I think Darren Till's actually going as a guest fighter, so we can do the same thing to what Mike Perry did with him in Poland. So, yeah, I think Daddy Roberts could be added to that card. So, chances of him being in the O2. So, it's, it's Mike Perry, Ponzinibbio? Mike Perry, Ponzinibbio's on there. And yeah, it's Lola Dos Anjos. Yeah, but there's a couple of other welterweight fights on there, and I don't know wow. whether one of them might be falling out and Danny Roberts is getting stepped in, or whether they're just going to add him, I'm not sure, but... Some good fights. And obviously, Danny's got previous with Mike Perry as well. Well, exactly, so, uh, yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Uh, well, this week, it is uh, Poirier versus Pettis. Uh, we're on our way to Norfolk. No, not East Anglia. We're not going to go to Norwich or Ipswich or anything like that. There's a place over in the States called uh, Norfolk. UFC Norfolk this weekend. Uh, there's some fantastic fights on this card. It's a lovely little follow-up, actually. So if you're if you're blown away with UFC 217, this could be quite nice because yeah. Poirier Pettis are two lads in a particular stage of their career where they both need big victories in order to kick on. Uh, and there's some legends on there in the shape of Claire Guida, <laughs> yeah. who we absolutely love. The little caveman himself will the be... Carpenter. Uh, the- will be scouring around uh, the octagon. So it's going to be well worth a little bit of a nosy this weekend. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's some uh, strange matchups on there. I, I thought Matt Brown had retired. Mm, same. Yeah, here he is on fighting, there. fighting Diego Sanchez, another guy that you know probably should have retired by now. Um, that's a fun fight. I like it because it's a fun fight. Neither of these guys are going to be threatened for the welterweight belt any time soon. Neither of these guys I want to see matched up with someone like a Darren Till or any killer like that. You know, it's unnecessary. They are who they are. They're being matched up accordingly. Um, another fight for Arlovsky on this bill against, you know, a uh, uh, pretty much unknown Brazilian guy. So that's the, the, the writing's on the wall there. The undercard's not great, but it's got legendary, you know, it's got iconic fighters. Lauzon versus 
uh, Clay Guida, fun fight. Matt Brown versus Diego Sanchez, fun fight. I think the top of the bill, Poirier versus good Pettis. Good fight, man. A really good fight, yeah, really good fight for this lightweight division. It's a fight to remain relevant, isn't it, for, yeah, for yeah. either of those guys, and that's what makes it fun. So Sage Northcutt on this undercard as well, very, you know... his Ooh, Ivan Drago. Exactly. His, his career's gone full circle now, hasn't it? Because, you know, there wasn't, there was, it wasn't not too long ago when he was being put on main cards of pay-per-view events and we were being sold as the next great thing. Yet, you know, I think he fought Mickey Gall December 2016 mm. when he got stopped by Mickey Gall. So uh, it's almost been a year since he's been inside the octagon. And every time you watch a UFC countdown show, is it just me or is... Is is he part of fucking everyone's camp? Like every 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 show they go to, Sage Northcutt's in the camp. It's like whether it's at Rufus Sport or Team Alpha Male or fucking um, you know GSP's camp in Canada. It's like Sage Northcutt's in everyone's camp. He's like yeah, I don't know. Is he like a sparring bitch that just goes around sparring <laughs> maybe. everyone? That's where he's getting his coin, man. Maybe yeah. so. Yeah, that, that, maybe that's how he's making money. But mm. he's on this undercard against the guy that's making his UFC debut, I believe. So that kind of. Tells you where Sage Northcott is, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun card. It's a good one to bounce into, as I say. But uh, final fight for Matt Brown, you know, it, I think he, I thought he'd retired, but you know, I think this is his, it must be his swan song. They give him the right fight, and Diego Sanchez, another guy that. Mm. You know, both these guys at the end now. So uh, Main cards on BT Sport this weekend in the UK, if you want to have a little bit of a nosy at that, uh, in the early hours of uh, of Sunday. Sunday morning, make sure you go and check it out. I will not be allowed to watch this on Sunday mornings. Uh, as you just uh, alluded to there, you stayed up live on uh, yep. Saturday night into Sunday morning after we did our radio show. Yep. Uh, you went home, checked the whole card out, fell asleep on the sofa, the kids got up in the morning, you put the CBBS on. That's what a normal, respectful dad would do, right? Yep. Now, what I did after our radio show, I got in, um, I sent you uh, the video of uh, OSP saying, fucking hell, mate, look at this, this is amazing. Yep. Now, it's getting good. I'm going to go to bed now because I want to watch the main card. I want to be fresh as the days of the main card. Yep. And it's my daughter's birthday. That's right, yeah. Daughter- I, I thought you might have watched Wilder, Deontay Wilder, and then gone to bed, but you, you saved it all, it all for Sunday morning. I've been it all off because it's my daughter's birthday and I don't want to be falling asleep while she's having a little tea party with all the little pals around at our house, mm-hmm. right? So I thought to myself, right. Get to bed, get at least four or five hours in now, get myself up, and then bish, bash, bosh, I can be here for Bispin and what have you. Yeah. So that's what I did. Gets up, right? Now. So uh, Katie and the kids still in bed? Everybody's in bed. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, yeah. in bed enjoying themselves, right? Just, sneaked up. Oh, absolutely, right? So dad gets up. Now, I don't know what it is like in your house, mate, but during the week, my lad's four, my daughter's now obviously one. They're both a fucking nightmare during the week to get out of bed, to get them anywhere that I need to really? get. During, fucking hell, if only. No, during the week. So during the week, I've got to go and wake my lad up to say, right, you've got to get your uniform on, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and then get him off to school on the school run, right? The double drop-off. She's a nightmare because she don't want her doing and all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that pisses me off. Dad's having to do kids there. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to send her like a cave curl. I'm not just get the ho- Just get the hoover. Just get the hoover nozzle on top of her head. Nice. Pull it all up to one, then just spin it round and put a bobble on. Is that what you do? That's what I do, yeah. Nice. Piece of piss. I'll do that tomorrow. She's got that small of an head, though. She'll probably get lost in the blue hoover. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's during the week. Mm-hmm. Weekend, totally different story. Yeah. They know. Up crack of dawn. Oh, he's played there today. Yeah. As soon as I hear a little bit of something, I'm up, right? So I gets up, goes downstairs, goes into the living room, sits down, and gets there just before the start of Johannes. So as you see, my te- I sent you a text, didn't I, of just that emoji with its eyes wide open. I sent you like three of them and nothing else. So thinking, get, so, oh, he's going to wake up to this. Look, you bastard. So I gets in there. I'm, I'm enjoying myself, right? Next thing I can hear, someone's coming down the stairs. I'm thinking, fucking hell, what's going on here? 
little lad, four years of age, comes down. And he goes, "What's going on, Dad? <laughs> is it is it up time?" And I said, "No, it's not up time yet. Go on, get back upstairs to bed." He goes, "Why are you up? You're watching TV, <sighs> right? Come in now." Me and my wife have got an agreement where I don't watch fight sports in front of him because he gets violent after it, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But I thought she's in bed; she's not going to fucking know. It's right. Come on, sit on the settee, right? So he sits on the settee with me. Here's your milk. That's right. <laughs> Get Bisbin, comfy. Bisbin and GSP are making their rings walks, right? And he goes to me, who's that? George. Oh, George, yeah. Do you want George to win? I said, no, I don't want George to win. He goes, who's that? That's Michael. Do you want Michael to win? Yeah, I want Michael to win. Yeah, we want Michael to win, don't we? We want Michael to win. Right, brilliant. So we watch the fight. We see what happens. He sees what happens. His eyes lit up a little bit. We all claret all over George St. Pierre's face. I thought to myself, it's only one fight. It wasn't that violent. Perfect. Superb, right? Mm-hmm. Right, off to bed. Off you go, right? So he <laughs> sends him back up to bed. I goes and gets into bed, right? Now, bear in mind, it's my daughter's birthday. So we comes downstairs for a Cheerios. We're all getting stuck into a little bit of breakfast. We're all dead excited because mm-hmm. family's coming around and all that type of stuff. She's opened her presents and all this time. The wife then says to me, right, I just need to nick out uh, uh, to Sainsbury's because we need to pick up this, this and this for the whatever. Look after these two, will you? Yep, no problem. Meanwhile, I'm catching up on Deontay Wilder and Ben Stavern, right? So I put that on the old TV mm-hmm. whilst they're messing about with all their new toys. Turned me back for a minute, didn't I? I turned my back for a minute. Next thing I can hear, right, is him going, Dad, what do you reckon of this? Dad, what do you reckon of this? He's got her in a rear naked choke. <laughs> She's one, right? He's got her in a full-on rear naked choke. She's fighting the hands. Fair play to her. She was trying. She was trying to fight the hands. She's like Mike fighting the arms. She's like, ah, dad, 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 he's got me. And he's dead impressed because he's put on a GSP squeeze. I'm like, get off her! What are you doing, man? She's going fucking blue. Yes, she's got Smurf toys, but she doesn't need to look like one. And he's like, what, what, what? That's what George was doing. And I went, I know that's what George was doing, but that's our secret. Don't let anybody know. Jesus, thank God that the wife was having sex. If she'd have caught that, mate, shit would have gone absolutely crazy (laughs) in our house. So So that's it. No more UFC. No. No just, more UFC no, when no, the kids are. No, no, it's like TJ and Cody. Just keep them away from each other, right? So yeah. I'm just now <laughs> separated. I put her toys at one end of the living room and he's in the other corner now. So you've no reason to mix. You don't need baby toys. You get over there, you get over there and stay out of the way of each other. Blimey, heck, mate. He put a good squeeze on though. He's <laughs> just from visually watching the TV at the weekend, he did. He mastered it. Mate, he put the hooks in. He put everything in. Now, fair enough. She's only small, so I doubt that there was much resistance when he put, when he put it on. But phew, he went for it, the kid. Anyway, Jesus. there you go. So there's a little warning to anybody that is a parent that the kids get up in the middle of the night to watch the fight sports with him. Send us to bed. That's, get them straight to bed because all hell could break loose the day after, especially if they just witnessed a rear naked choke from George St. Pierre. A quick one for you regarding our clothing uh, partner. Luke1977.com is their website. Get online and have a little bit of a nosy. You can use this uh, discount code FDLR15. FDLR15 on Luke1977.com. So got some awesome threads on there. It's obviously coming up towards holiday season, Christmas and what have you. If you fancy getting yourself togged up, go and have a little bit of a nosy. Uh, We will be back next week for more of this uh, nonsense. Make sure you subscribe on our website, fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.